1: Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Now, we'll obviously touch on it a little bit more when we do our full round 20 review. Obviously, round 20 has been pushed back a day, so you will see two more games later tonight. But there's one game that I do want to touch on, and um, this isn't a, you know, I I, I told you so because I haven't been spot on with this in any way, shape, or form. But I did post a podcaster in the week where I'd essentially given up on the New Zealand Warriors and I essentially said to you guys look they try their hard out they try harder than anyone else in this competition it's unbelievable the amount of effort that the Warriors put into each and every game considering the circumstances they are under and they just haven't managed to gain a win over the last few weeks and you know I tipped them a couple of weeks ago as a smokey to make the top 8 they were at $7 and I said I love this I think they were at, like, $22 or something ridiculous before the ball was kicked against the West Tigers the other day. And as you guys know, an egg all over my face, I tipped the West Tigers. I said, look, I don't think the Warriors are going to have, you know, the team to be able to overcome the Tigers, considering all the guys in the pack they're missing. Rogers gone home. Like, there's just so many things that have gone against the New Zealand Warriors. And I've got to tell you, for them to put in that performance the other day against the West Tigers... It was incredible. It was incredible. It was one of those wins that, you know what, it might shoot them for the next few weeks because it would have taken so much effort to get that win for them that they will be absolutely shot over the next few weeks. They'll get a couple of guys back, thankfully. The front rowers will start to come back, which will give them a massive boost. But, geez, credit to Nathan Brown and the New Zealand Warriors in that game because that was a game they had no right to win. They had no right to win that game in any way, shape, or form. And probably over the last few weeks, I've become a little bit of a homer towards the New Zealand Warriors. Um, I've I've been big fans of them. I love the moves they've made. I loved how aggressive they've been. The department of recruitment, and you know, I've given them so many compliments, been so high on them, and they've disappointed, disappointed, disappointed. Been in just about every game they've played, except for the game against the Melbourne uh, against the South Sydney Rabbitohs last week. Outside of that, been every in every game over the last few weeks. But they just haven't been able to get the job done. Um, and it's been incredibly disappointing. And I you know, I had a lot of people message me during last week sort of saying, oh, you've overhyped them. You know, you, you, you went too deep on them. They're still the same they always have been. And you know what? I, I, I sort of fell to that pressure a little bit last week. And look, I still of think they're going to come back and make the eight. I have to admit that I was wrong there. But my God, they're going to give it a good shake. And this team, I think you have to credit them for what they've done. I mean, you have a look at that performance on the weekend against the West Tigers. And you just consider the amount of guys they're missing. Now, if I got you to write a list for the of the best players at the New Zealand Warriors, I mean, Roger Tuavasa Shek could be at the top. I think Tohu Harris, he'd probably be the next name on there. Two guys that are out. For me, I think Adam Vanua Blake would be the next man, another guy that was out injured. Um, you could argue... That Matt Lodge should be the next name on there. Um, I mean, all four of those guys missing. just reading through the list of guys that were not available for the New Zealand Warriors. You had two Harris Roger Tua Varsas Chanel Harris Tevita, their first choice seven, Wade Egan, their first choice nine, uh, Fusatua, Berry, and Josh Curran. I mean, it's unreal to think about that. And then on top of that, put in these three names. If I if, if I said to you, hey, who were the three best middle forwards at the New Zealand Warriors? I think without a doubt, it would go Adam Fenua Blake, Matt Lodge, Leeson Armau. Yeah, I don't think there's any questioning that, and they didn't have all three of them. Armao's gone home, Lodge is suspended, AFB was injured. I mean, for them to even compete in this game was unbelievable. I was so impressed by this side, just incredible. And, you know, there's a couple of names there that probably won't mean too much to NRL players. I mean, a guy like Armao, um Berry, Curran... But when you consider the amount of top-end talent they're missing, these guys, they become so important all of a sudden. I, I I think two guys, like Rocco Berry's obviously a guy that I've spoken about with you guys for a long time. I think he's going to be a real star of the future. But when you look at Armao and Josh Curran, I mean, these guys are incredibly underrated. Armao's been underrated for a long time, but I reckon this Josh Curran, he is special. He has got a little bit of something that not many guys have. I really like Curran. He's a guy, and, and once again, I had this guy completely wrong. I remember watching him play reserve grade at the Roosters and thinking, oh, he's not much chop. And then when the Warriors signed him, I thought, Jesus, what on earth is that? I I thought it was a very strange signing. I thought it was another flopperella by the New Zealand Warriors. Man, he's a weapon. He's one of my favourite players. Now, I love the way that Josh Curran goes about his footy, and I sort of thought they were going to really struggle against the West Tigers. Once he got ruled out, I thought, fuck, it's Red Rover. They can't win that game if they're missing Josh Curran as well. It's just too much. And then that game started, and my God, the Warriors, they were resilient as all hell. The West Tigers, they just kept stripping them for space, but their scramble was unreal, and the West Tigers, they just couldn't finish their plays off. They just couldn't finish their sets. And I mean, the amount of times in the first 20 minutes the West Tigers got the last tackle, and you could just tell that they were out of ideas. They were out of ideas. And you have a look through the entire first 20 minutes, every single set the West Tigers had they would get down into their red zone so easily. There was guys falling off tackles. There was, you know, tired defenders through the middle very early. It should have been 30-0 at halftime. It was 10-0 to the West Tigers. And I, and I sort of turned to my mates and said, mate, what is going on? Are they for real? How are they winning this game 10-0? They should be up 30-0 in this game. And, you know, I, I, the, I, I sort of thought about posting it on social media, and then I thought, oh, fuck, what's the point? I mean... Look at the modern game, the way that momentum goes. As soon as you're too gassed, the game just turns on your head. And I thought, oh, fuck it. I, I, I'm not going to post anything about it because I just thought I've been too heavy on the West on the uh, New Zealand Warriors about how, how much I fancy them. And to be honest with you, even at halftime, I sort of thought, oh, fatigue will get them. The other middles will come on. The West Tigers will have fresh troops. Obviously, they lost Dane Laurie, which, which was a big loss. But... I mean, what the Warriors did was unreal. I cannot believe that they came back and won that game. I mean, it was 10 nil after 20 minutes. It was 10 nil at half time. For them to come back, I was just so impressed. And I mean, on top of all those injuries, then you have a look at the squad that they put out there. I mean, you and can played in the second row. He's never played in the second row in first grade before. I don't know if he has in juniors, but personally, I highly doubt it. I've never really considered him as being a second row or being a guy that you can potentially shift there. And off the top of my head... I also never recall you and Aitken shifting into the second row during a game at any point, even if there was injuries in the pack. I just don't recall it at all. Maybe some of you guys do or some some Dragons fans can message me and tell me of a, of a time when he has. But personally, I don't remember it. He's a guy that I think – I've always thought, you know, he probably could handle himself in the back row, but it would take one hell of an injury toll to put him in there. Warriors are in that situation. And, you know, I'm sure there would have been a conversation during the week where Nathan Brown would have said to Aitken, hey – we're kind of fucked in the forwards. Can you help us? And, mate, just looking at the way that Aiken played, I don't think he would have hesitated. I don't think he would have hesitated in the slightest. I think he would have understood that it's just shifting in one place and I just need to be involved. And he was sensational, you and Aiken. I've been critical of him in the past. But, mate, the ticker that he showed the other day was unbelievable for the Warriors. I was so impressed with him. Another guy I was very impressed with was Peter Hicku. Wow. Jumping in at 5'8 in his first game back in ages and... Can I just remind you, like, when you come back from injury nowadays off a long-term injury, I reckon it's harder than ever. The game is so much faster than what it ever has been. Not having that match fitness, it must just sting so much. I, I honestly reckon it's harder now coming back from injury, long-term injury, than it ever has been. And for him to be ruled out for the season weeks ago, I think it was round four or five, and for him to come back now and play 5-8, a position that we've seen Hiku play a little bit of, but, I mean, if I said to you what position is Peter Hiku, I don't think anyone's saying 5-8. I don't think anyone would say 5'8". I think people would probably say centre, fullback, wing, maybe in the halves if you're desperate. I thought he was great. He set up a brilliant try down the left edge with some great ball playing. There was another time where he scooted from dummy half and he absolutely bamboozled the markers on about halfway. And I reckon Peter Hiku in three weeks' time with a bit of match fitness on him, I think he, he, he would run away from that. They got him on the absolute shoelaces. But I thought he was unreal. And a great decision by Nathan Brown to put him there. He, he brought a bit of spark. He brought a bit of creativity. It was something that the West Tigers weren't really able to prepare for. He's just that sort of player, Peter Hiku. I thought he was so impressive for him, for him to captain the side in his first game. Back. I think it just says a lot about him. Yeah. He's another one that I've probably been critical of in the past. Yeah. But I think that what they're doing over there at the Warriors at the moment, it is really impressive. And yeah, you know what? They're probably going to finish this season 10th. And people are going to say, oh, how disappointing. Warriors, same old Warriors. But mate, the resiliency that they're showing at the moment is just unbelievable. I, I'm just so impressed with what they're doing. Um you look at Reese Walsh, who's playing fullback, obviously a superstar. He's lost his mentor over the last few week, over the last few days, of course. Roger Tulavashek's gone home. A lot of pressure on the kid in his first year of first grade. Very, very tough. Coming into a new system. He didn't do a preseason there. He would have had to get to know all the blokes. You know, it's a completely different system to anything he's been in before. It's a really tough gig for a young kid coming into first grade. I mean, any young kid coming into first grade, their first season is going to be difficult. Every new week is a new experience. Every week it gets harder and harder to deal with Monday to Friday, let alone your game on Sunday, let alone your recovery on Monday morning, let alone sitting through your tape every week. It's just a completely different experience for these guys, and I thought he's handed himself really well. I heard during the commentary Mick Ennis and Corey Parker talking about that You know, this whole season, it's starting to take a toll on him. And I agree with him 100%. It definitely is. I still think he's going to be a superstar. I think he's going to have a big impact on the run home. But there is no doubting that for a first season of first grade, where he probably wasn't expecting to play first grade, I mean, if you would have said to Reese Walsh, if you would have said to Reese Walsh eight months ago when he was at Brisbane Broncos preseason... Mate, you're going to be playing for the New Zealand Warriors based in Brisbane. You're going to be replacing Roger tuivasa shek who's going to leave our game. But before that, he's actually going to go to the wing to give you a shot. I mean, Reese Walsh would have laughed at you. The narrative that he's been through this year has just been unreal. It's so good to see. I think he's doing a tremendous job. I don't disagree with what Corey Parker and with what McKenna said, and those guys, those guys would know better than me anyway. I think it has taken a toll on his body, but I think he's doing a great job, as is the rest of this New Zealand Warriors team. It's just, it's so impressive what they're doing. So impressive. I would love to see a narrative where they somehow scrape into the eight. I just think it would be an unbelievable story. It's going to be a tough run home for them, no doubt about it. But well done to Nathan Brown to get that performance out of his team. And look, the reality is, I don't think we can talk about that game and how well the Warriors went without talking about the Tigers. And look, I've been really positive on them the last few weeks because they brought out this documentary. I think it takes a lot of balls. It takes a lot of courage to be able to do that, no doubt about it. And I think it's moving the needle in the right direction for the game. Um, and I think it's helped the West Tigers well, as well. I, I think people have ge- generally more respect for the West Tigers after seeing that, that, um, that, that documentary, and I think that's completely fair. And we've only seen the first bit, which... You know, the first bit, obviously, it's the start of the season. Still a lot of hope. I think they went 1-3 and three or 1-4 and four or something like that. So it wasn't a great start to the season. Probably gets worse as it goes. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out and how Madge sort of changes what he's doing. But, I don't know, for them to lose that game, that that's just devastating. That is just so devastating. This is a team that, you know, when I looked at the ladder last week, I could not believe. It absolutely blew me away that this was a team that was one win out of the top eight or two wins out of the top eight. You know, they were really not that far off. And for them to lose this game to the New Zealand Warriors, and, you know, I, I I don't think there's any reason for me to go through all the reasons why the Warriors should have lost that game. Yeah, I mean, you look at the front rowers that were all out. You look at their star players that were all out. You had guys playing out of position. You had guys in their first season playing all over the park. I mean, just a brutally tough situation. The other guy, just before we get on to the Tigers that I didn't mention, was Cody Nikarima. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. He was so good for the New Zealand Warriors. I know he wants to be a half or a 5'8", but fuck, I really do feel bad for him. I think that if he keeps on playing hooker the way he is at the moment... He's going to have teams looking at him as a nine. I don't know what what wants to do moving forward, but, geez, he's going to be a good addition for a team out there. I don't know who it'll be, but someone's going to get a real winner out of Cody Nikorima. I love what he's doing. But back to the Tigers. For them to lose that game is just so disappointing. I cannot believe how it played out. As, as I said, they were rolling through them. Absolutely rolling through the Warriors. It was just once they got in the red zone, the Warriors just wanted it more. They were just more desperate. It was... It was a crazy game of football to watch, to be honest with you. And when you have a look at some of the stats, I mean, the possession was 50% each. Yeah, now I would love to know what it was at halftime because it felt like the Warriors didn't touch the ball for the first 25 minutes and the Warriors came up with 10 points. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't believe how they weren't able to execute on their last tackle plays or how they would build all this pressure. And then instead of trying to get a repeat set, they would just turn the ball over willy-nilly. I just couldn't understand... What they were doing. It says time in possession was exactly 28 minutes and 43 seconds for both teams. So 50-50. I kind of find that hard to believe when you look at the rest of the stats, but I don't know how they work at all. But you have a look at the West Tigers. They had 230 runs compared to the Warriors, 199, yeah? So 31 more runs for the West Tigers. You look at their run meters. They had 150 more run meters than the New Zealand Warriors, their post-contact metres, which I think is one of the most critical stats in rugby league. At another 70, 80 extra post-contact metres, you look at line breaks, it's five to three. Five line breaks to the West Tigers, three to the New Zealand Warriors. You look at tackle breaks, West Tigers win that again, 36 to 27. Their average set for the West Tigers was 54.7 metres, so 55 metres. You look at the Warriors, 40.2 on average, the West Tigers' sets went for 15 metres further than the New Zealand Warriors. That's essentially like saying the West Tigers had seven tackle sets the entire game compared to the Warriors. I mean, it is just phenomenal that the West Tigers did not manage to win this game. Average play-the-ball speed. West Tigers won that as well by like half a second. Offloads, 17-9, to favouring the West Tigers. <laughs> I, j- I cannot believe how this game played out. It was unbelievable. You know, the, the, the one thing that the Warriors won is kicking meters. Yeah, they kicked for an extra 150 meters in the West Tigers because they were always stuck in their own end. And look at kick defusal, as I said. The Warriors are always stuck in their own end. They are always kicking the other end. 80% of the time, kicks were taken on the full by the West Tigers. You know how much it was for the Warriors? 55%. A massive drop there. A huge drop. The amount of bombs, it was 6-2 to two in the favour of the West Tigers. That says to me, they were running out of ideas. They were done. How do you make this many metres and not come up with points in the modern game? It's unbelievable. And, you know, I would love to give complete credit to the New Zealand Warriors and how desperate they were, but some of this has to go to the West Tigers. I'm sorry. Some of this simply has to go to the West Tigers. It is crazy. How are they not capitalising on what they're doing. This this game blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. And the moment that summed it up for me was the moment where they got into the red zone. They were two or three metres out. Game was on the line. Joe, I think, yeah, he plays the ball. No dummy half. No dummy half. Reece Walsh dives on the ball. I mean, what? Wh- how? How does that happen? How does that happen in first grade rugby league? If that happened in my under-15s or under-16s, could you Wombat side... I would be furious for that to happen to the West Tigers in first grade when they're playing for their season. I, possi- I, 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 I don't even have words to explain how that can possibly happen in that moment. Blew me away. And you saw the body language on Joe Off yeah, he was filthy, as he should have been. There's a try that they scored, but they went for a short dropout, yeah, which I'm completely fine with. But if you're going to go with a short dropout, you have to go hammer and tong to get that ball. You look at the way that David Nofaluma attacked that ball. He watched it go over his head, and then you and Aitken caught it untouched. I mean, how aren't we shifting side to side? How aren't the wingers coming in? How isn't Nof shifting out to be able to attack that ball? It blows me away. I don't. I mean, the West Tigers look like a team to me that on that play, they didn't want that ball. They didn't want it. And I mean, yes, it was close to the 10 metre line. I get it. You touch the ball before it goes over the 10 metre line. What happens? You get a penalty. What happens if you don't touch it? You get a penalty. It's the same fucking result. It doesn't matter. It's just a desperation to want to get to that football. That's just something I talk about with David Nofaluma a lot. I know he's got, you know, he scores a heap of tries, Super Coach points. It's all good. But, mate, go and watch that play again. And go and watch the moment that he misses that kick. He turns around to Brooks and puts his hands up like, what happened? Well, Well, why wasn't the kick better? The kick was a couple of centimeters above his head. The body language we're getting out of the Tigers at the moment is awful. It is dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. It is, it is so poor at the moment. I can't believe it. And I know people want to message me and say, oh, you hate the Tigers, this, that. I've heard it all before. I don't. I just, they're a better team than what they're showing. They lost Dane Laurie. I understand that 100%, yeah? Huge, huge loss. No doubt about it. You had Moses and Bayer come in, a really experienced footballer, a really handy ball player. I mean, look at the other side of the park compared to the Warriors. There's no excuses there. There's no excuses there whatsoever. And, you know, I'm all for one to always support your team and back them in. I jumped on t- Twitter after the Tigers game and had a look at that stream, and the fans are beside themselves. The Tigers fans are beside themselves, and I get it. This is what I always say. I wish they were better because those t- those Tigers fans, they deserve better. They've been to hell and back with this franchise since the year 2000 and in the lead-up to the year 2000 where they lost their original team they were going for. team deserves better than what th- – these fans deserve better than what this team is giving them at the moment. Like I, I look at this season I've said it before I mean imagine if they didn't get Dane Laurie imagine if they didn't get Dane Laurie he's been the shining light in this team for the last all season he's been unbelievable imagine if they didn't get didn't get Big Stefano now I posted about him on my Instagram the other day and he sent me a lovely message saying thank you I appreciate it so much so, such a kind nice fella from the little I've spoken to him I can already tell how genuine he is and how much of a good leader he's going to be he got picked in New South Wales camp a couple of weeks ago and I thought whoa how How on earth has he been picked in this squad to go in there? Very, very interesting. And I'll tell you what, ever since that moment, he has played unbelievable football. He has been one of the premier front rowers in our game. He is by far and away the most important middle at the West Tigers. When he is not on the field, they are a completely different side. And I said this to him the other day. I said, mate, a month ago, I didn't think you were much chop. Since then, you've been unbelievable absolutely unreal, yeah? He knows he's turned a corner recently. You can see it in his football. You can see how confident he is. And I feel sorry for kids like him because they come through SJ Ball, they come through Harold Matthews, and they're just bigger than everyone. Life is easier. They don't have to work as hard because they know they're bigger than everyone. You get to first grade and all of a sudden there's this shift. You're not the biggest human on the field anymore. It becomes extremely difficult. And it's taken him a little while to find that transition, but he has. And credit to Michael Maguire because he has got the very best out of Stefano. And it's scary to think what the rest of his career is going to hold because he could be absolutely anything moving forward. He has been a huge silver lining for West Tigers fans over the, next, over the last few months. He's been unreal. When he was on the field the other night for the Tigers, they were a completely different team, and that is a big worry for me. When you have a look at that side and the amount of guys with experience in this team as well, especially in this forward pack, I mean, it's a bit of a worry, isn't it? A bit of a worry. I mean, you look at guys like 12 offhand Gow, he's played Origin. Um, you know, it's a worry for me. I thought Sean Bloor was really good in his return game. He was unreal. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with this side. You obviously had injuries and Cheekam had to come on and play out of position. I understand that. But, R out. Right, honestly, give me, a, give me a reason why they shouldn't have won this game. Give me a reason outside of the New Zealand Warriors, these desperate Warriors, with fringe first graders littered throughout this entire team, didn't want it more. Give me one reason why the West Tigers lost this outside of the Warriors wanted it more. The West Tigers, their their season was on the line here. Their season was on the line. This was a must-win game, and this was a gimme game as well. This was a gimme game. I'm sorry. You're playing against a team, missing a heap of troops. It doesn't get any better than this. It doesn't get any easier for you than this situation right here. They weren't able to deliver. Once again, I'm I'm I, I never pretend like to be the guy that I know how to solve the, solve the West Tigers issues. But you know, I watch this documentary and I see this lighthearted hearted and it's it's good. And everyone says, "Oh, he's not the blow-up sort of coach that I thought he was." But geez, has he cuddled this team too much? Potentially, I mean, sh- surely this isn't the franchise that they want to be. This definitely isn't the team I've gathered that they want to be by the words that I hear spoken on this documentary. I I cannot believe they lost this game of football. And maybe I'm overreacting to one game. I don't know. I'd love to hear from from some West Tigers fans in my DMs. Let me know what you think. But I just can't believe that this football game went the way it did. I cannot... With all the ball they had in the first half with a 10-nil lead, that probably should have been 30, but even with a 10-nil lead, to lose this game, unbelievable for them to get to the back end of that game, play the ball and have no dummy half. And I mean... You you know what stood out for me on that play as well? It's one of those real grey areas in rugby league. We we see it a few times a year where there's a play the ball, there's no dummy half, and the marker jumps on the ref, goes, whoa, 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 that that was too quick. You didn't give them enough time to get there. Reese Walsh gave them enough time to get there well and truly that there was no question. It's not very often you see a marker get the ball from dummy half and everyone go, yeah, no, that was fair. There was enough time there. That's how much time they gave them. And I I, I mean, I, I personally can't remember the last time I saw that. I can't remember the last time I saw that where I didn't even think to myself, oh, will that be a penalty? There was so much time of that ball on the ground. It was unbelievable. And Reece Walsh literally looked at it, waited. It was like he counted to three in his head, then dove on the ball. And the referee, they didn't even consider penalizing it. Literally thought to themselves, fuck, what is this mob doing? There was no one within Kui of getting that football. It was unbelievable. feel sorry for Madge. I think he's walked into a complete and utter shit fight. I said this at the start of the year. We're hearing rumors now. Depending on how they go in the rest of this season, we'll decide whether he's there or not. I mean... Is that what it should be about for me? I, 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 I don't know. Is Is how a team plays when they're out of contention for finals and there's not as much pressure on them, should that decide whether a coach stays or not? Or should it sort of depend on when the team's relevant and when they can make finals and the pressures on them and how they respond to it then? Because he hasn't got the best out of them. We've seen it on a number of occasions here. They've been unlucky in a few games, and I've given full credit to them. I think that game against South Sydney, they well and truly did enough to win that game. Got very unlucky on the last play in Golden Point. I get that, but I mean, I don't understand why teams at the bottom of the ladder say, hey, there's eight weeks left, we're out of contention. The next eight weeks will decide whether our coach stays. Why? Why? If you're putting yourself in that situation in the first place, that screams that the coach hasn't done the job. That screams that the team isn't responding to the coach. And maybe the coach isn't the problem, but you either need to sack the entire fucking team or you need to move a coach on and try a new voice to get the best out of what he has got in this team. I think it's absolutely crazy when teams do this. I think it's just so ridiculous. So ridiculous to base whether a coach stays on whether his team performs when they're irrelevant and there's no pressure on them. It just seems so backwards to me and I don't understand it. Why don't we hold coaches and players more accountable in the times when they're trying to achieve what they set out not when they'd get a second chance to show that they don't suck beyond belief it just seems crazy to me i feel sorry for madge i feel sorry for these some of these west tigers players at the same time as well but to lose this game it was just a dagger into this franchise i feel sorry for the fans more than anyone else well done to the New Zealand Warriors in this contest. It was an unreal game. Well done to Cody Nikorima, who came on and was sensational. Peter Hiku, an unreal performance as well. Very impressive. West Tigers, incredibly disappointing. And for me, the Joe Offa he played the ball with no dummy half. That sums up to me where the West Tigers are right now. Crunch time, crunch moment. Basics couldn't get them down pat.